Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your hosts, Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times. Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. Well, welcome to another edition of the Disciples Men podcast. This is your Associate Director of Disciples Men, Alex Ruth, with you. And with us today, as always, we have our Director of Disciples Men, Greg Alexander. Greg, it's been a little while since we've had a podcast uh, conversation. Good to be with you again. Oh, my, Alex. It has been too too long. A lot of, uh, of transitions, a lot of stuff going on in our lives, and uh, that kind of kept us from getting one done. It's great to be back with you. I want us to begin by you sharing the transition that you've made, which has um, uh, occupied a lot of your focus for a while. It has. Uh, if you haven't heard already, um, I was um, honored and blessed to be called as the Associate Regional Minister for Transformation in the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Illinois and Wisconsin. And I began the serving in that role uh, the beginning of November in 2021. So as we report this uh, podcast, I'm about two and a half, almost three months uh, into my role here uh, in Illinois, Wisconsin. And uh, my family and I made the move from uh, Southwest Missouri to kind of a central Illinois. And uh, so, yeah, I've been, been a little bit busy uh, for the past several <laughs> months making that transition. Um, but looking forward to um, refocusing uh, on some of the work that you and I do together, Greg, here uh, with Disciples Men, and blessed, again, um, to be able to support Disciples Men here in a regional uh, way as well. Uh, that is, uh, I think, going to be something that is helpful for us um, as we move forward. Um, I always liked being that congregational pastor, uh, having that experience, but I think from the regional experience is, is going to be helpful uh, for Disciples Men as well, uh, because, you know, I'm going to be able to be uh, boots on the ground and seeing uh, Disciples Men happening uh, throughout this region um, and be and maybe in a little closer contact with some of the regional staff uh, responsible for Disciples Men throughout the denomination. So looking forward to that. Um, and a uh, new adventure, new, new form of ministry for, for me and for my house. So uh, it, it's been good. Thank you for asking. Well, uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't be happier for you, Alex, and, uh, and for the Illinois, Wisconsin region. They're, they're getting a great associate, and I know your regional minister you. very well. And yes. uh, I think we do need to give a special thanks uh, to both Teresa Dillier Parker and uh, Sheila Spencer, our DHN yes. boss, president for allowing this partnership to continue and right. this new partnership to continue. And uh, so we can continue our work together, disciples, men. So big thank you to both of them and their, and yes, their they, vision for us. And they this. have been very, very supportive. Um, I, I talked with both of them very early in the, uh, pr in the process uh, to get their blessing uh, to continue. Uh, I wasn't really disciples. Men means a lot to me. Um, and Teresa would tell you that I, I had a conversation with her before I even applied, um, that if I would have to give up this work, I wasn't confident that I was interested in the position. 
because it means that much to me. Um, The the funny story, I guess it is, uh, if you you follow what happens in the regions of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, you may know that um, Illinois and Wisconsin and the Michigan regions have partnered together to share um, some of our resources. Uh, and the major of those being Teresa Duye Parker, um, who is serving as regional minister for both regions. The week after uh, I my uh, call was announced uh, to everybody, and the week after the partnership was voted on by both regions, um, I happened to be in Michigan at their Disciples Men's Retreat uh, this past fall. Um, so I had the, the honor of sitting in with uh, regional minister at the time, uh, Eugene uh, James, who is a phenomenal uh, supporter of men's ministry and ministry Indeed. in general, um, and uh, sat in with him at the retreat. And we were able to kind of begin the, the, that partnership unofficially. Uh, with disciples men uh, between the two regions uh, in, in the fall of uh, 21. And I expect, I haven't had these conversations quite yet, but my anticipation is that we will be doing some uh, cooperative uh, partnership kind of activities with disciples men um, this summer and into the fall uh, as we really investigate what that looks like. That's just really wonderful news. I mean, every, this is a win, win for everybody. and uh, It is. Uh, you know, I, I suppose that if there were losers, it would be the church you served in Marshfield, uh, losing you as their pastor, but, uh, you gave them a long, good service. And so I well, know they were you. grateful for all you've done for them. And yeah, so we've, we've dealt with your transition, which we're, you know, yeah. and as we've shared, very excited about, and then we've like everybody around the world, we oh, continue to figure out how we exist in the COVID world. And, uh, it has certainly impacted much of our, our ministry with this, oh, yes. uh, you know, men's retreats and those kinds of interpersonal connections have been the bellwether work of our, of disciple men and all that, you know, other than doing some virtual work, all that was stopped. And, right. uh, you know, you had Michigan exception, but, um, you know, all of my, uh, all the ones that I had scheduled, uh, went virtual or were canceled, uh, you know, and, um, and so, you know, like so much of, of, you know, functioning in this world today, uh, disciples, men have really had to work hard to find a way around, you know, uh, st- to stay relevant and viable, uh, yes. you know, in this uh, COVID world we live in. And um, our, we do want to say that the General Conference of Disciple Men, you know, uh, continues to meet. And, yes. uh, and uh, we are hoping to have a face-to-face meeting in 2022. We've got a lot of work to do, very important work to do. The executive committee continues to be wonderfully supportive of us. Uh, you know, um, they recognize some limitations we've been forced to work under, just as they have in their own worlds, too. And, uh, and so um, we've, uh, we might put a put a word in about one of the things we've been doing behind the scenes. And that is that we've been responding to the comments that we have received on the, uh, on the curriculum, uh, right. you know, our men's curriculum. And, uh, uh, and so we have been uh, taking to heart those comments and have been doing a lot of re-edit work, making it much better resource. 
And uh, we're getting very close to being able to release that. And I'm guessing by the time we do our next podcast or so is that we'll have a, a better announcement about all that. So, yeah, uh, you've been doing the yeoman's work on that as I've been moving between states and, and <laughs> trying to get accustomed to a new form of ministry. Uh, so thank you for that. But uh, it's been one of the things that I think has been important to us. You know, I don't think I know it's been important to us. Uh, is to continue to uh, update and uh, enhance the curriculum that we already have um, available, even as we continue to work towards and dream about what next might be coming uh, from the Office of Disciples Men as far as uh, curriculum and offerings and and things like that. which again has has been slowed up by COVID yeah. and yeah. it's just made things more difficult. It has. You and I had uh, had been planning for quite a while. We uh, put together all the material to do a video series. Uh, you know, to, uh, recognizing so much of our work is being done virtually now, and um, and uh, I was really excited about that project. But uh, since we have not been able to to meet face to face, that was not possible for us to do. And so that's still one of the things that we have pending that we're hoping, you know, not in the too distant future, we can come together safely and responsibly and uh, and do that. Um, So, again, to all of our listeners is we haven't been twiddling our thumbs or treading water. You know, we've tried to been been doing all the things we can do behind the scenes that, you know, that our time and circumstance permit us to do. And um, we're hoping, we're hoping 2022 for everybody, not just disciple men, but for everybody uh, uh, see some return to normalcy, whatever that is uh, in this, in this world today, so that we can be about the good work that all of us have been called to do. Yeah. At least we need to be um, figuring out. I, uh, my hope is, that we are, we're figuring out sometime in this calendar year, what that new normal looks like. Uh, it's going to be different than it was before. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm convinced of that. Um, but that's okay. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, that might be great. Uh, we just have to uh, figure out what that looks like and then take some time to um, quite honestly grieve um, what things might not come back. Um, yep. Yeah. We've, you and I started a conversation earlier um, that we decided to have with our podcast listeners. Yes. Um, about, you know, the, the direction of men's ministry, where that's going. And a couple of things that we are recognizing is that what we inherited, the forms of men's ministry we inherited um, work for a very small and older population of the men and they're cherished and they still meet the needs of yes. so many of, of yes. I will call saints of our church who certainly yes. nurtured me and have supported me over the years and, um, and uh, still long, you know, for the viability of those kinds of experiences. While we recognize that our younger generations live in a much different kind of world, you know, they are virtual right. in so many ways. They don't see the need for these kinds of face-to-face retreats or meetings uh, you know, um, that nurtured so many of us in times gone by. Um, the, you know, there, there is some struggle today to understand why there is a need for a gender-specific ministry. 
And uh, I know in my own work over the years, I've encountered a lot of younger, especially younger pastors, whose response to me is, why would we give up a night away from our family right. to sit with a bunch of men? And, uh, you know, to my ears, that sounds like a really strange comment, a really strange question. That right. doesn't, doesn't deserve an answer. <laughs> the truth is, but the truth is, you know, I can't evaluate them based on my own experience that so I have to honor right. the experience in the right. world that they, that they have and where they want to find meaning and value and the priorities that they want to, to put into uh, or to design their own lives around. And, and, uh, and that's going to be one of, the, one of the really great challenges for us going forward. You and I both, we've talked long and hard about this. We both still believe that there's great value in talking yes. about gender-based ministries. Again, not to the exclusion, but then right. to help us better understand who we are and how we fit together, you know, in, in this world uh, as, um, you know, as men. And, um, you know, there are still some differences that have to be honored. There's still some things that, you know, no matter how hard we try to break down gender stereotypes, um, you know, they still define a great deal of who we are. And the work that we've done with the Jesus Way and other materials has been a consciousness raising attempt right. to help people see how the unscripted and untold uh, stereotypes continue to feed so much of what is wrong with our world. And if yep. you don't invest yourself in understanding how these things subtly and quietly are steering your life, then you fall victim to them over and over right. and over again. Right. And so um, again, it's not a, that we are opposed to seeing something new emerge. It just is that, our my personal experience is that for that something new to to emerge with some strategic element to it you know some to make it viable requires us to understand where we've been and yes. you know and the challenges that we face and that's the you know i think that's one of the reasons why we still believe that the gender specific ministries are important again not to reinforce those stereotypes right. but to help us understand how they harm us Right. To understand what they're, how they harm. And quite honestly, in some ways they do support us. Uh, you know, they most do. of, most of these things, as they develop in our lives, they develop as a response to an experience. Um, and that response can either be helpful or hurtful. And that can shift over time and, and mm -hmm. change even, you know, over time, heck in a couple of seconds, where it's helpful or where it's less helpful. So, um, you know, it, it, it's important for us to know one, where we've been and two, get some sense of where we're going mm -hmm. um, because we could chart a path towards a future, but if that's not the future to which God is calling us, then charting that path is in vain or, you know, clearing that pathway is in vain. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the work that we're, uh, we've been putting on hold um, with the general conference of disciples, men, the executive committee and the general conference as a whole uh, to really uh, take some time and discern what is God calling us towards uh, in the future. And it's important to point out that we're not experiencing resistance to that right. in the general conference 
leadership is that everybody understands we're living in a different time and we need right. to explore all of our options. And again, I want to make sure we always give credit where credit is due. I, you know, we both lived through those obstacles in the past where people became immovable objects around these kinds right. of things. That's that not what not we're experiencing. Our experience no, at all. not what we're experiencing at all. We, we, we feel the partnership. It just is none of us have a magic or crystal ball. You know, that gives us gives us the answer we're looking for. So you know we we listen intently to the world around us. You know we pray hard to try to figure out where it is God is calling us to go, and hopefully the the right pathway or the right pathways right. will emerge, and that we can we can walk them mutually supportive, even if they are divergent pathways. I, I was reminded as we've been talking of um, something that. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Jose Morales said in a Bible study uh, that he's been leading uh, for several weeks now, uh, talking about himself, he says that um, as, a, as a theologian, his theology is particular and yet porous. It's particularly Christian, unashamedly, unabashedly Christian theology, um, and yet open to learning from and encounters with the broader um, religious, interreligious landscape of the world. Uh, so learning from um, our Buddhist siblings, our Hindu siblings, and our Muslim siblings, et cetera, et cetera, and the list goes on. Um, right. Even interdenominational learnings as well. And I think some of the... Um, some of what we're aimed at here in Disciples Men is that similar thing. Particular, yes, this is ministry particularly shaped out of those who identify as men, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of, you know, whether they're trans or cis, whether they are um, gay or straight, that I, asexual, none of that if you identify as a man, if this is masculinity um, and the male experience is something that is important to you, that you want to uh, discover and think about more deeply, that's where our ministry is aimed. With great connection and porosity um, with those around us, with our non-binary siblings, with our female siblings, with our agender siblings, Etc. Um, that we we want to learn from everybody, um, but we have to focus in on the experiences that we know best. Uh, right. You know, I I would be a really really poor choice to keynote a women's retreat, but I can keynote a men's retreat because mm -hmm. that's my experience, right. Um, right. And, and that's all I can speak to. Um, that idea of particular and yet porous, I think, is something that, that we've carried with us in this ministry, and uh, it, I was just struck by that language, gave it kind of a name that I I've been looking for for a while. I would agree. Uh, I know Jose. Jose is one of the most brilliant minds I know. Uh, Definitely. Brilliant, brilliant young leader, and uh, we're very grateful to have him, and, uh, and I'm very grateful for my time I've got to spend with him over the years. Those, the category of particular and, and porous reminds me of where my work and our work now together began, and that was with the language that we were using at the time, and that was immature 
masculinity and mature masculinity. Right. The immature masculinity that we have been trying to counteract and, you know, move away from grow beyond is probably the right term is a very particular way of looking at masculinity. And it's the one that, that from which patriarchy arises, it's the one, uh, you know, that we are seeing today fuel these aberrant movements like Oath, Keep, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys right. and whatever all those yes. white supremacy groups are. That's what fuels that is that particular immature sense of masculinity. Proud Boys is a very apt name. Yes. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins, and they are truly acting like boys and not men. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my two cents worth on that one. And, and uh, as you know, I have some, some personal involvement with that that right. keeps, keeps yes. it raw. But a uh, uh, family member engaged in that, not me, of course. But, but that's, that's the particularity. But the mature masculine is the porous. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the openness. It's the moving beyond self into, into be experiencing the otherness of, of the world and how we see ourselves as part of something much larger than our individual selves and, yes. and what we can define and control. And, and, uh, and so again, for, well, 20 years now from my personal journey is that, is that while I use the terms immature, immature, masculine, what Jose has given us is much better language of particular and porous. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That was, has been one of the things that has, uh, I think, you know, has kind of stuck in my cry. <sighs> I hear in that immature and mature language, and this could be me, um, but I think I shared this with, with others. I, I hear a sense of judgment, mm-hmm. uh, a sense of um, we need to move, we need to move, should move beyond uh, the immaturity. Um, and the simple fact is not all of us move at the same speed. Um, through our processes, through our our lives. And for some people, uh, just navigating that immature area well is is good. Um, We we think it is better if we can head towards maturity, head towards an openness and understanding that really reflects the uh, life and ministry teachings of Jesus. Uh, in his interactions with um, the world around him. Uh, you know, if, if, if we do, and we do claim Jesus as, as the Christ and Lord and Savior, then that compels us towards a certain way of being in the world that right. brings wholeness and healing, uh, and- that does not add to the, the pain and the heartbreak that exists in the world today. And I would say, you know, over the years, the kind of the shorthand that I would use for to define the two is people who live under people of faith, Christian, Christian men who live under the, 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 you know, the auspices of the immature masculine are the people who define God for themselves. Mm -hmm. When you move into the mature masculine is that you allow yourself to be defined by God God. and the differences are, are extraordinarily important. And, um, you know, the church with no question. I mean, I love the church. I've given my whole life to the church. Uh, but the truth is, is that the church is, is operates out of the immature masculine or out of the immature, both masculine and feminine. Yes. In the sense that it's 
primary reason for existence is to preserve and protect the church. Fundraising, yeah. you know, that's what it is, you know, to make sure that all the, we have the money to keep the doors open and stuff. But when you move from the, from that immature understanding of faith to the more mature is you understand that really, if the church needs to die to, you know, to move the, for the movement of God or for God to become more real and, and vibrant in the world, then the church needs to die. And we all celebrate that. And so I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying that if that's the direction that we must go in order to liberate God from our immature understanding of who God is in the world, so be it. We should right. embrace that journey. And that is the ultimate rite of passage that all of us are called to make. And yeah. um, uh, again, I, it's like I say, I'm not advocating the death of the church. I love the church and I want given my life to try to make it what it should, to live into its promise. Yes. And uh, as it's tried to make me live into mine. And, uh, but um, I don't, I don't know how much success we've had. Your, your comment there reminds me uh, of a dear friend um, who I speak of often uh, when I do uh, get the chance to speak at a a retreat or an event, uh, partially because um, my experience is it was colleague um, Derwin Kicker. He was a Southern Baptist pastor uh, in Marshfield, whom I knew for many, many years. Um, Derwin, um, one of the things in which, uh, one of the ways in which he changed my my life and thinking was early on in our relationship. We we met weekly for prayer uh, with some other pastors from town, and uh, he would often and regularly pray, "God, use me, however." you see fit. And if that means that I need to be out of ministry, then so be it. I will follow you, whatever you call me to do. I love what I'm doing. I love the people that I serve, but if you're calling me to something different, I'm going to follow. I was still fairly early in my ministry. That was a hard prayer to hear and even harder prayer to pray at that point in time. uh, As I've grown a little bit older and more mature, it makes a little more sense now. And that's, that's the same kind of thing I think we're saying about uh, men's ministry in the church is mm-hmm. use us, God. Our prayer is use us. And if that means that we need to get out of the way, make that clear um, yeah. so that we can get out of the way so that God's will, um, God's purposes of, of healing, of restoration can be uh, seen in the church and and certainly through the ministries to which we are called. Yeah, I mean, the ultimate question is, whose end are we really serving? Right. Our own? The churches? God's? I mean, right. whose who's end are we really serving? And when we, can, when we can answer that question honestly and then respond appropriately to that honest answer is when, yes. you know, we're really journeying, I think, in in faith and and that's what that's all we've tried to do with you know it's a particular focus you know hopefully a porous one but it's a particular focus on men you know that that we're called to address but it's not only about men (laughs) right about this because it ultimately is is how is how does who we are as men serve the whole yeah well, I think uh, we, we've tried to, you and I have tried to live that out through this podcast. Uh, you know, the wide variety of, of guests that we have come on and talk, and there are several more that I know we want to have on. 
uh, in the moderately near future uh, to, to have continued conversations with leaders of Disciples Women, uh, leaders of Disciples Alliance, um, leaders of, you know, Sheila has been on as a, as a leader of DHM. Mm -hmm. uh, our general minister and president, Terry uh, Hort Owens, has been on with us as well. The idea is that we, we don't want to get siloed, uh, to use that leadership language. We don't want to get siloed into just men's ministry. We want to know that we are part of something bigger, something more, um, uh, you could even say grandiose, uh, but something larger than the ministry uh, to which we are specifically called. Yeah, I've, I've always loved the image of a jigsaw puzzle. Yes, yeah. And, uh, for you know, for ministry. And, you know, we are a piece of a much larger puzzle, of a much larger scene, you know, a much larger tapestry, whatever. And to think that, to think that how my particular piece is shaped or the color, the, you know, the, the printing on that piece should be that which defines every every other shape and piece is you know so so wrong, right? And yet so often the practice of many is that you know we look at we try to judge the world by our own particularity and right and uh, you know you can't you can't do that and um, you know it's it's really a matter of how does the piece that is Greg Alexander fit and make better make more not better necessarily but more whole. Right. The whole, the whole that God has created and called us all right. to be a part of, right? And that's the, uh, that's an image that I've carried with me for a very, very long time. And and um, you know, and the question always is, is what's the most important piece of the jigsaw puzzle? And the answer is the one you're looking for. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. That, that that that's it. And so you know, the our what is most important to us is the thing that we are, you know, that we're called to look for as, as people of faith. And, uh, and sometimes it's in the face of a, of a gay brother or, you know, or uh, a person of color or a person of another denomination or a faith tradition. It may be, you know, our, the Buddhist down the road, you know, right. I mean, that's, 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 again, that's the porosity of all of this using that language. That's so beautiful that, you know, but if you're not secure in the importance of your own peace as it is and, and you know, as it's becoming, mm -hmm. then you yes. will want to put down the value of every other piece around you. And you mm -hmm. cannot be porous, you know, when you are threatened by the diversity of everything else around you. You can't, you yes. can't be that. And uh, that leans on to another experience that I had last year with one of our guests, uh, Terrell McTire, uh, was, and I were having a conversation and, uh, his encouragement to me was own who you are. Um, and as I've learned to do that better, uh, I'm not perfect at it yet by, by any means, uh, I'm getting better at it. I'm, I'm starting to figure it out. Um, I've found much less fragility um, emanating from my mouth and, and even residing in my mind as I understand that God is calling me to be me. Whatever, what that looks like is still, I don't completely know. I'm still learning, uh, which mm -hmm. is the beauty of it. But as I, I understand that God is calling me to be me, not somebody else. 
Exactly. Um, no, you know, I'm I'm not called to be the next Greg Alexander. I'm called to be Alex. Uh, you know, um, which uh, you know, as as a pastor, I heard years and years ago from um, the renowned Fred Craddock. Um, you know, uh, don't be don't be a tuba. If you're supposed to be a piccolo, be a piccolo. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in his imagery and his way of storytelling, it was a a beautiful and memorable experience to to oh, sit yeah. and hear that teaching. Yeah, uh, he's uh, <laughs> there was only one Fred. Thanks oh man, God for who he who he who he was and how he touched so many of our lives. And oh yes, uh, transformed and and propelled a, a generation or more of pastors preachers uh, to think about the craft. Uh, in the art of ministry in a, in a different way uh, than maybe we had before. Yeah. It's the same kinds of things that I, I hope for us uh, in, in men's ministry and in ministry in general is that we are propelling other men and ourselves to think about our faith deeply and authentically and with great integrity. Um, I don't know if this is what Fred had in mind when he used that those images, but isn't it interesting that you don't see a lot of solo albums of piccolo players or tuba players? You don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and, I'm not sure how, how far that uh, analogy goes. I haven't spent that much time but, with it, but you're right. But the truth is the value of the piccolo and the tuba is how it supports and nurtures the whole you're orchestra. Right. And, and I do think that that's an image that for us to hold on dear, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not the, uh, I'm not a cult that, you know, the solo pianist, I'm, you know, oh, yeah. but so many of, but we, but we tend to think that that's the only one that matters. Yes. Yeah. Is that, you know, is the person sitting at the keyboard in those, in those settings. And, um, but, you know, again, I don't know where that was the thought process that Fred had. Yeah. It certainly, certainly wouldn't surprise me if he did, but, I'm sure it was part of it. The, but the piccolo and the tuba, you know, um, are, you know, their value is in how they are part of the whole. Mm-hmm. Unique, again, very particular instruments. Yes. But no one really wants to sit and listen to a tuba solo, I don't think. No, I don't. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Uh, but boy, I, does I've... it... Can it add? Can it add to uh, you know to a concert yeah. series or to the music of a con- of a concert? It, so. it really can't. And and you know that same kind of we need we need all of that. We need people who think differently than us to help us refine and clarify what we think, what we believe, why is that important, et cetera, et cetera. You know that list goes on. Um, and one of the challenges that we face uh, in, in our world today with the advent rise of social media and the internet is, it's a twofold challenge. One, we can get locked into an echo chamber where we only hear voices that are similar to ours. Mm-hmm. Or two, the opposite is also true. You can get locked into a situation where uh, it's easy to walk away from some of those core and particular beliefs because you're hearing such um, static or noise coming from the world around you. Right. Right. Yeah. 
and so navigating that I, I think is something that that we're all facing uh and maybe more particularly some of our our um younger um leaders regardless of of gender sexuality in this context certainly some of our younger disciples men um it, it's easy to end up in in either situation um to not hear anything that disagrees with you um which is as dangerous as hearing something that pulls you away from your core beliefs um, and identity and identity yes yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree on both of those, both of those, Alex. I think they're you know good points that that need to be made. I also w- would want us to make sure we again. This is another thing I see that's impacted ministry as I've observed it over the years. Is that it seems that that when you're wanting to add something new or somebody new to uh, you know to the fold and or whatever it is that you're doing, that you assume the pie the pie is finite and that that welcoming them in means that you get less of the pie yeah and that you have to give up you know the piece that you know you had your eyes on all this time and uh, the truth is is that you know when we the god we serve is an infinite infinite god and there is no limitation to that that you know the more we bring in the larger the pie becomes and the more the more there is actually it's not just it's not a one plus one it's a one plus many and uh, in how in how that works, and uh, and so you know, going back to where we started, when we're dealing with these younger men who don't understand, you know, why they should give up an evening to sit with a group of men, you know, in a meeting at church, uh, instead of saying, you know, what's wrong with those guys, you know, why can't they see it our way? Maybe we should ask what it is that they have to show us. Mm-hmm. You know, what are they? What what can they teach us about? what it means to be a man, a man in the world today from their perspective and, uh, and embrace, embrace the gift that they are trying to give to us all. We don't do that because we're afraid that it may mean that I can't come together with these guys, you know, every week or every month or however often it is we do it. When the truth is they're not saying that to you, you know, no, they're saying is, you know, open your eyes and see that there's a world beyond that that little gathering and what you can become as a man of faith uh, beyond the, you know, the, those processes that you've inherited or, and continue to perpetuate and call it men's ministry. And Mm -hmm. um, I I mean, I, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't struggle with some of that stuff because it's still a bit foreign to who I have uh, to my journey. But at the same time, I want to be open to it, to embracing you know, that value that they see that, that, uh, I can make a part of a part of myself and, um, you know, what that ultimately means for us. I don't have a clue, honestly, I right. really didn't have a clue, but what I do have is a willingness to explore, you know, heart, a heartfelt exploration right. for what that, what that could be for all of us. And a willingness to, um, to learn from those who are younger, different, you know, all those categories to learn from others, to continue to, to learn, to grow. It doesn't have to be meaning. Okay. Here, here's another example. I I have a particular style of worship that is the most meaningful for me. That doesn't mean that any other style of worship is wrong. 
and I can learn and appreciate from all sorts of different styles of worship, then it doesn't denigrate the fact that my particular style that means the most to me means the most to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is sometimes that can vary. There are some times where, you know, being in a cathedral-like environment or like when I was with you at uh, St. Meinrad, um, you know, that much more um, liturgical, austere, high church kind of feeling, sometimes that is extremely powerful. Other times, a very low church experience is more powerful. Usually, I prefer something kind of in the middle, um, yeah. but um, but we can live and experience both you know, any of those and, and grow from our experiences with them. Same kinds mm-hmm. of things happen. It's important for us to maintain ministries that matter to the guys that are involved with disciples men right now. Yeah. Yeah. As, as well as in addition to um, creating new avenues uh, to engage those who aren't currently um, a, a part of that kind of a group, um, that kind of a support system. Yeah. Particular and porous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it, those aren't my words. Um, and Jose may have borrowed them from someone else. I can't remember. I don't think he said that he did, but, um, but yeah, that, that, that whole idea has been, uh, very, very meaningful for me, um, over these, these past several weeks, um, sitting in and listening to his, his teaching which blessed to be as close to him now as I, as I am. Um, but, um, had a thought it escaped me. Well, we've been going at this for a while, so it may be time for us to, uh, <laughs> to let our listeners go today. Uh, it's been a joy for us, for me, I know yes. for you to, to yes. have a chance to do a podcast again and just kind of get people caught up on where we are and some of the thoughts that we're having. We certainly yep. do recognize, you know, the, the political realities, you know, uh, we've talked about, you know, January 6th of 2021 and, and, uh, you know, uh, way back when the, this lingering impact is still there and, yes. you know, it, and we can't ignore that reality as, you know, as disciples, men, what, what that means, you know, where, you know, what we're how we respond or the proper response to that, I'm not sure has been completely thought through. I don't think we know that yet. Other than just to say that we are aware and that those white supremacy groups that claim to be acting in the name of Jesus Christ for the beliefs that they espouse does not represent the work you and I do or right. the General Conference of Disciple Men. That doesn't mean that there aren't men in disciples' churches who don't embrace that. I'm sure there are. But that's not, that's not, um, that we would find that um, a foreign element. Yes. Uh, to the work that you and I and the General Conference of Disciple Men feel we are about. And again, that's a, that's a way too narrow particularity. Mm-hmm. That, yes. quite honestly, we left behind a very long time ago in our journeys yes. and um and uh and because because we are trying to be more porous and to receive the gifts and graces um that are there to be received that we that have not been we have not embraced right 
no i i agree and it's great to mention that um we have uh and are not shy about uh talking about our our particularity um as leaders in disciples men uh and general conference is on the same general page that we are you know that there are some things that um we do not feel they are healthy for us to pick up uh as as part of our um ethos and theology moving forward right. um, they they don't reflect the broader sense of being a movement for wholeness in a broken and fragmented world um, and certainly do not recognize the fact that we are all invited to a table because it is not our table it is god's right and and to be, you know, in a more practical way, to do so would alienate alienate, alienate us from over half the church, right. well over half the church, well over half the church, <laughs> and you know, 80 percent of the church, and yeah, uh, and uh, and so again, uh, I mean, it's just absurd to even think that that's something that we would consider because we would never consider that. That's no, you know, that's, that's not not, not who we are, and not who we want to represent not not who disciples men will be at least not under our watch and right. uh um you know we've we've journeyed far beyond that we feel like we're living into god's call and claim upon our lives for this ministry and um um you know we 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 ache because of how we've had to put brakes on to the things we right. have been planning on doing for so long because of the COVID experience that, uh, you know, has so dominated our world and, um, uh, and are looking forward to, you know, really rolling up our sleeves and getting back at it in yes. ways that we're allowed to do. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, we're, we are who we are. Our podcasts have made that clear, uh, you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I think that, you know, the direction that we want disciples men to go is also very, very, very clear. And we, we invite yeah. all men to, you know, to make this journey with us, not to stand where we are. Correct. But to stand where they are and using that beautiful language and be porous enough yeah. to, to want to explore the new possibilities beyond where they are at that, uh, of this particular time. And, uh, and see what God has in store for them as they become more open to this yes. awesome, diverse, and beautiful world and church of which yeah. we are all a part. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Greg. Great conversation today. Thank you, and, Alex. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon on our next edition of the Disciples Men Podcast. Thanks, Alex. Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through discipleshomemissions.org.